This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Empty backfield now for Minshew. Takes the snap, throws a quick one, and that's picked off by Marshawn Lattimore. Pick six. Welcome back, Marshawn. That's how you do it. Happy New Year, baby. It's yeah. KC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. I might have told Larry the wrong clip to play, which is fine. Um, Lattimore playing for TCU, baby. Yeah, look, if he wants to come back and play for TCU, I'm sure they, they'd take him. But I hey, it's not like they need it. Like I don't know college football that much, but that number 13 for TCU surely had a game. Wasn't that number, was it Winters? Oh that, yes, yeah, yeah, man. That dude was playing. He had fact, a pick six. I'm pretty sure. Yes, that was that was the the. Uh, oh no, the Buck Clark pick is what I wanted to do. But um, yeah, he he played very well as well as the rest of TCU, who were able to get a 51-45 victory over the Michigan Wolverines. Man, that was to a secure fun their game. spot in the national championship game. I honestly am struggling to believe it. I know I watched it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I love that it was a great game. I know probably for TCU fans up, what was it, 34 to 16 after the pick six, probably would have wished that it would have stayed more like a 14-point game, but I love that it was just this, oh, we think we have it in grasp, and then Michigan would score, and you're like, hey, it's just a one-score game. Anything can happen, but, man, that was just such a fun, entertaining, awesome game, and I'm sure Michigan fans – are upset with the pick where they marked it two yards further back and then the next yeah. play was the touchdown, which I'm thinking to myself, there's no way they call that a complete pass on the sidelines because what they're saying is it was so complete that he was on the one-yard line, but it really wasn't a completed pass until he fell until into he the fell end zone. In. Yeah, I was, but, hey, yeah. hey, that's... Then, then run it in from the one yard yeah, line. That's the Don't thing. fumble it. But I understand where Michigan fans were probably really upset that it was marked two yards back right. where it shouldn't have been, and then the touchdown pass was considered a completion on the one. Yeah, man, we had a we had a lot of situations that probably could have been uh, where the game could have been uh, executed a little bit cleaner from uh, maybe the officials and such. But I think for me personally, I try not to harp too much on those things in a football game or in any sport, just because if you start going down that road, you're just that yeah. you're worried about all those things and not worry about the gameplay, but we got fascinating games and um, TCU, uh, affectionately at least by me, referred to as the getting away with the All Stars, really changed the script for themselves because for a lot of these, a lot of this season, they found themselves in situations where they got down and had to come back, or they had great fortune of you know having another team that kind of had some injuries to their starting quarterback. But regardless, they came out. And they played incredible football. And also, look, man, I was astonished because I talked about... I said astonished. That's not a word. Um, I was astonished because... Yeah, you laughing, Larry. I know you see it. Everything's uh, a word. You just have to define it. You know what? I like the way you think, Mike. Um, but I, I knew that TCU could be in this game. I didn't think that they would get blown out in the ways that some people did. 
I did not think that they would do it this way. The physicality the TCU played with, because J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback for um, Michigan, in the week leading up to the bowl game, right? These weeks end up being really boring, and we get, you know, we do the press conferences, but there's not anything good that comes out of it. This week we got, or last week we got something good because TCU runs the three-three-five defense, which you know right. Gary Patterson popularized with five defensive backs, especially because when they were coming back from the WAC Western Athletic Conference, they didn't have a lot of big guys when they were recruiting, so they would get you can get a whole bunch of you know safety cornerback types and end up playing that way. Well, they you know JJ McCarthy was looking at Michigan and says you know they're big, strong, physical. They've got the offensive line that you know one. A um, you know the award that you look at them and you're like they're a big physical team and that three three five he was like it's gonna be great for us you know big gaps and we'll be able to go and impose our will no you're not like they did not run the ball well at all against TCU they stonewalled the run and they forced Michigan to become a passing team I said they dragged them into a Big Twelve game and they beat them with experience and that's what it felt like yes and it was so fun to watch I know at one point you know and I can only go by numbers I don't know people's names on TCU. But 57 at one point, they stopped him from a two-point conversion, and he kind of put the two small, and the people broadcasting the game were like, well, he's saying that because they were told they were too small coming into this game, that Michigan would just run all over them and control tempo, flow, first downs, everything, and they weren't able to. that's Johnny Hodges, linebacker. And and the one thing that was great for TCU probably in that is getting up 21-3. to Like in any football game, no matter if it's pro, high school, college – if you get up by that many points somewhat early in the game, it's tough to just be like, hey, we're going to dictate the tempo and the flow of this game. Because usually when you say that, what are you doing? You're running the ball for four yards and then five yards and then two yards first down. But that takes a lot of time off of the clock. And when you're trying to play catch up all the time, it's not so easy to just run the ball for four or five yards and say, yeah, "Yeah, we want to run it for four or five yards and take a minute off the clock. When you're down by two scores, you can't really – hey, we're going to take two or three minutes off the clock just to get a first down. Yeah, absolutely. And look, another thing that TCU did so well, they were just good in the red zone, man. They made sure that they went and got touchdowns, man. How how smart was Sonny Dykes that he made the – this is what I like about interviews after games when people are honest and they're not Jason Garrett. And I think <laughs> Jason Garrett still. I do think Dak falls into this category too, which Absolutely. worries me. Is like, dude, do you know what you did or didn't do? Because you're answering it in a really like I don't even know type of way. Is Sonny Dyke said I messed up after they lost the Big Twelve championship game to Kansas State? He, he admitted I messed up. I should have ran Max Duggan. Right, that's the quarterback's yes. name. Yes, I should have saw Mac, Max Duggan. I should have just ran him in. I get that wrestling is. <laughs> He just did that. Every time there was a fourth and short or third and short or a goal line situation, like, no, I'm not handing it off. I'm not going to try to get tricky here. I'm going to put a guy right behind my quarterback, and he is going to get pushed into the pile, and we're going to take the yard or two yards that we need for the first down or for the touchdown. And the reason I'm doing that is because I did something different, and I know it didn't succeed, and I know I messed up. So I'm not going to mess up the next time that I get it. So to me, it's like, hey, when you admit your mistakes, you're able to correct the mistakes. When you don't admit the mistakes, you're not maybe able to correct the mistakes. And I don't want to get into a Cowboys deal, but it feels like Dak not as admitting his mistakes when he's throwing these interceptions. And he's really believing he's not making mistakes, so then we keep creating the same mistake. Well, at least you can say with the interception with Dak that he has been very, um, very 
open and he's admitted the, the you know the ways in which he's making mistakes. Yeah. In fact, he knows that they're not going to win a Super Bowl if he's throwing interceptions. Yeah. But I do want to. I, I know I bring said it back that, to college. Now TCU that was incredible, incredible. And then they lost number thirty three, who was a really Kendra good. Miller back. is one of been, been one of my favorite watches this season. One of the better running backs in this league, and it's kind of amazing because last is, year is TCU he draftable. That's a great question. I'll sorry, need to, I'll sorry. Need to, I don't want to take you off a point. I'll no, 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 it's up. fine. I, I'm also paying attention to that as well. But Kendra Miller, uh, or last year, Zach Evans was a very good running back for this TCU team, and he left. Um, he transferred to uh, Mississippi, Ole Miss. He's the kid from North Shore that got kicked off a of North Shore's team. Is he? Yes, because okay. he couldn't play against Duncanville in one of the championship games because he screwed up and the coach was like look you're just not going to play i have this rule and you're not going to play so they left him in houston and kendra miller came through and he has been fantastic for this team man it's just honestly really you got to give sunny dykes a ton of credit because this is his first year at tcu and he's taken a team that last year went five and seven wow. gary patterson was fired and largely the core of this team is largely the same they've done some work in the transfer portal as i think any coach would have to but you take a five five and seven team that was not considered really the cream of the Big 12, a conference that people kind of look down on anyways, and turn them into a fantastic 12-1 football team that has now gone and played a great game against Michigan, one of the better teams in the nation. And now they're going to a national championship game, the first national championship game that they had since 1938 with Davey O'Brien. Like, this is in a single season, yeah. right? It's it's kind of incredible. You take an innovator in Gary Patterson and what he was able to do with this roster, which was 5-7, and seven, and Sonny Dykes has just made an incredible statement. Yeah. Kendry Miller, by the way, is a junior, so he is draft eligible if he wants to enter. It'll just that's one of those interesting ones now with NILs is how much money can TCU people come up with to say, hey, do you want to be, and I don't know, let's say a third round pick and start your NFL career making seven hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars or a million dollars, or do you want to come back to TCU? We'll figure out a way to give you over a million bucks to stay at TCU for one more year. Now, I know you don't watch a lot of college football, and there was a lot of college football on New Year's Eve. Did you watch the other game? Georgia, I watched Ohio State? Alabama. Well, yes, I watched. I watched Alabama and Kansas, Kansas State, State early. Which, I mean, I wish I hadn't watched as much of it. And then I did watch the TCU Michigan game, and then I did watch the um, Ohio State Georgia game, which I thought Ohio State was like. From start to finish, I felt like Ohio State was going to win, even with 55 seconds to go. And I thought, I get Georgia just went up. I think this kid, C.J. Stroud, is going to get them into field goal range. And he did, and they just didn't make the field goal. So, obviously, we don't have a ton of time to discuss this, but I typically talk about college football from this perspective. Every year, we talk about expanding the playoff. Usually, there's like one two one or two teams that are like yeah. the best teams, and everybody else is kind of just there. Yeah. I had said that Georgia was the best team in this in the country right. this year. And after seeing the college football semifinals, I might I'm wavering on that. How do you feel about from a one game sample or two game yeah. sample? How do you feel about the way that that 1 through 4, you know, who are the good teams there for you? I think they're it's all 50-50 coin flips. I think if TCU played Michigan again, 50-50. Obviously there were things that went right for TCU that if they don't go right, they might not win the game. Uh, but who's to say that they go wrong again? Uh, and then with the Ohio State Georgia game, I don't know. I was thinking about this being a, I, I'm a Texas fan in this. If that was Texas playing in the semifinal, I would have rooted for Texas. If it was A and M in the semifinal game, I'm rooting for A and M. If it's TCU, I'm obviously rooting for TCU. I don't have like a hatred of a Texas school, like okay. I think a lot of people do listening. Yes, they do. Is 
I was wondering during the Ohio State-Georgia game, as Ohio State's winning, Ohio State has the better quarterback to Georgia's quarterback. Georgia's quarterback is fine, but not C.J. Stroud. I'm like, is it better that Ohio State's going to win this game because they're the fourth-ranked team in this? Uh, Georgia supposedly has an unbelievable defense, but they didn't look unbelievable to me uh, on that day. They looked, you know, you can do almost anything you want against that Georgia defense. So I'm going to ask you, watching more college football and knowing more college football, was that good or bad for TCU that Georgia ended up winning that game? Um, I still think it's tough for them. Georgia is just, they've got so much talent, and I don't think that they're going to play in the same way that they play against Ohio State. That said, right? Uh, Ohio State was not not able to be physical against Michigan, a team that TCU was just physical with. They looked like they were able to kind of compete in that way against Georgia. So uh, it's kind of transitive in the way that I'm looking at it. But, hey, I think we're all in for a very fun um, national championship game between TCU, your TCU Horn Frogs, and the Georgia Bulldogs in L.A. come next Monday. I wonder how many people listening are trying or have already figured out how they're getting to L.A. That's fun because you were talking about how I'm sure a lot of TCU fans went to Arizona, went to Phoenix for this game yeah. because, you know, there might be some thoughts. And not that they didn't believe the TCU could win, but it's like, look, it's not a foregone conclusion. Ooh. Let's go see our team. Um now, do you have the income or whatever, or have you saved and planned for the opportunity to now make another trip out to L.A. for the national championship game? Have you seen the spread on this game? Yes, it's a big one. It's Isn't it 13 and a half? 13. Or 13, yes. Yeah, I so, mean, it might have started off at, th- I, just, I just looked it no, up. I'm, I didn't I'm know. mixing up a couple of games. I think there was another game that started 13. It might have been the Cowboys that game that started 13 and a half. Big of a spread. Um, so I, they're, they're saying some, that this shouldn't be a competitive game. Well, I hope they're wrong. It was seven and a half. Michigan was favored by seven and a yes, half. Yes, they were. And TCU has been the kind of the underdog team. They said that they were too little and nobody expected them to be here. This is really upending a lot of the narratives of college football that we've gotten used to. Yeah. So it's going to be fun to watch. I will out. say this as not a college football fan. Uh, these games have been great. And there's another great game going on right now. Caleb Williams threw an interception and then. Uh, an 87-yard touchdown here by Tulane makes it 14 to 14 in the second quarter here at the Cotton Bowl. Tulane's playing good football. Even though I have a, I just don't like calling it the Cotton Bowl when it's not at the Cotton. The Cotton Bowl, Bowl Classic at well, the, AT&T Stadium. The AT&T Bowl. Huh. All right. We'll, like, we'll workshop what's, it. There's nothing cotton about it. Um, that's a great that's a great point. I don't know what what's a better name for this bowl game that's being played at AT and T Stadium right now. Text in truckwreck.com, Text line eight seven seven eight eight one one zero five three. Yes, the Niners favored by thirteen and a half. Thank you eight one seven. As you can tell, there's just a lot of numbers and information floating around in my brain, and I grab at some of them at random. And I apologize if it ends up being wrong at times. Um, what you you can't go wrong on tonight. Obviously, the Mavs are playing the Rockets, but tonight Monday Night Football. Oh. My pants just got happy. All right, I don't. I didn't need to hear about that. But we got Bengals, we got Bills. This might be the most exciting and interesting Monday Night Football game of the season. We talk about it next on one hundred and five through the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest five G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the KNC Masterpiece on 105 through the fan. Reginald Datatula, Mike Basic, taking you through your second day of 2023 here on 105 through the fan. We appreciate you rocking with us, and I wish you a happy new year while we still have this opportunity. Um, on the other side of the break, we were talking about um, the Cotton Bowl and how Mike feels like it's just it's it's a weird name considering they don't play at the Cotton Bowl. We got some names coming in. Of course, one of the easy ones is the Jerry Bowl at Jerry World. You know, that, that feels right. Um, some other folks have also pointed out uh, from the 682, keep it as the Cotton Bowl. Is the Peach, Peach Bowl played at the Peach Bowl? And I feel like you picked the wrong example because I don't think the Peach Bowl was ever played at a stadium called yeah. the Peach Bowl. The Orange Bowl was obviously played at the Orange Bowl. But, but now, now it's, it's not. at Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. But they still call it the Orange Bowl. Let's just get rid of all this tradition stuff. Let's just start calling it different names well i mean it is all over is it the it's the goodyear cotton bowls now yeah goodyear cotton bowl because at one point it was the the goodyear bowl just give him the name it really doesn't have to me any cotton bowl feel to it because usually that would mean a southwest conference slash big 12 team was in it versus it felt like i know this isn't it felt like an sec team was in it. Now, I know as a kid, sometimes A&M would play Notre Dame, which obviously has no affiliation with the SEC, but it just always felt like it was going to be some sort of Big 12 Southwest yeah. Conference team versus another good team from, let's say, the SEC. But when it's Tulane versus USC, it just doesn't feel like any sort of – it's just another bowl game. It doesn't have any sort of affiliation with um, conference or the region at all. Now, I get New Orleans – Tulane is really close to the to the area. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, Tulane gets in because they're the best group of five team, and that's the association. Yeah, I, I think those those associations that were had during bowl games have been lessened in part because now you have these playoffs where you're drawing some of those teams away from the yeah. bowl games that might ultimately be in it. Um, yeah, it's it, we, now you're ending up with like a Sugar Bowl where you do have the technical Big 12 champion in Kansas State that played yeah. in the Sugar Bowl, but usually the Sugar Bowl was like, you know, the best – the best Big 12 team that you would play there, you know? And so, I mean, the Sugar Bowl maintains some of that appeal. Where, but yeah. do, you, where do you rank watching bowl games on your kind of holiday list? Um, Now it's not that high. Bowl games have not. Now, when you get closer to New Year's and you have some of the bigger bowl games, like some of the more traditional bowl games, yeah. I'm in on them. Well, I'll tell you what, I wasn't really... And I watched the celebration. I didn't care day. at all about this Cotton Bowl. I don't really care about the the Rose Bowl coming up either. Like, sure. I, I just don't. Who's in the Rose Bowl? Is it Utah? No, who? Penn State is the well. Utah might actually be in it. Yeah, the, yeah, the Utah. Yeah, because Utah, the only the reason I'm interested in possibly watching some of that is the Duncanville quarterback is the running back for Utah, I believe, and that's where I like need to make sure that. But 
I will say this, watching this Cotton Bowl right now, I'm in love with this Caleb Williams kid. Now, I know I just saw him throw a pick where, I'll be honest, I don't care. He threw the ball like 70 miles an hour off of rolling to the left. Like, to me, this is where this is why college football for me, I don't really care who wins. I don't have a team. Now, I rooted for TCU quite a bit because it was a Texas team in the Final Four. Mm-hmm. But when I watch a kid, all I'm watching this is for is for professional. And when I watch a kid roll out to the opposite side, throw across his body like 70 miles an hour, I don't care he threw an interception. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I can see the potential in that. And then when I see him, this is the closest I've ever seen. Nobody to me looks like Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is his own deal. Yeah, he plays but a different style of football. When you sure. watch a guy like, I'll bring up Steph Curry. I know it's a different sport. When I watch Steph Curry and nobody plays like Steph Curry, I've never seen anybody play like Steph Curry before. Well, now you see his own teammate, Jordan Poole, playing like Steph Curry. It's not Steph Curry, but it's like him. And you see other guys doing things like Steph Curry. Guys have watched Steph Curry play and they're like, I want to play like that. And then you start seeing guys in the NBA have similar games. I'm watching Caleb Williams, and he's the first person I've ever seen. He's the only human being I've ever seen play like Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes has John Elway in him. He has Brett Favre in him. I don't know who his favorite quarterback was. Obviously, those guys are a little bit older than his favorite quarterbacks. And he has his own unique qualities and everything. But I'm seeing this Caleb Williams guy on TV, and I'm going, this dude has watched Patrick Mahomes and is copying, copying Patrick Mahomes. Interesting. I'm not sure that that would be like the direct, but may it might be. Who knows? Um, from the 817, Jaquindon Jackson from Duncanville. Thank you. Is the Utah running back? Yes, and he's. I mean, he was he was a great runner at Duncanville who could kind of throw a football. And I didn't know he was because he went to UT, and I was like, that's a major mistake, especially with all of UT's issues. I'm like, don't do it, don't do it. And he still did it. <laughs> how, you, had, how you like that hearing that, Larry? How does that feel to you? Nope. Well, and thumbs he, down. He shaking immediately his head. got out of there. It's just it's a bad situation. I don't get why the Manning kid's going there. To be honest, I don't get why that is his pick. Well, I mean, when you want to talk about throwing the football, Sark can draw up throwing the football. No. Other, yeah, st- he, other stuff, we can He can try have to beat the crap about. out of a guy with a headset on just telling him, hey, it's not time to run out yet. Did yeah, you see that? Yeah, I did see that where um, he, he did not handle his cool very, very well to start with. He basically said, don't bleep and touch me, which, All hey, right. I feel like I, you should probably handle I, that a little different. Reggie, I have a question for you. Okay, which is we haven't super talked about Monday Night Football yet, but we'll, I know. we'll do it. If you had a child... Okay. And that son, a boy, mm-hmm. I guess it could be a girl too, but so far no girl's ever played college quarterback in the end or in, 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 in college. NCAA, yeah. Okay. If you had a kid and that person right now, your kid was 17 years old and having to choose a school. And let's just say, like I have, I have a child right now choosing between multiple schools. So I don't want to say you have to go here or don't go here. Right. But if that person was choosing to be a college quarterback and they were considered the best or one of the best high school quarterbacks in the country. And they were considering UT. I'd say, are you sure that's the best place for you? I want your opinion. Would you want them to go to UT right now out of USC, out of Alabama, out of, you know, name some other schools, Ohio state. Now I get, sometimes you look at a sophomore and you go, Hey, if you want to go to USC, it's great, but you know, you're not playing next year. Right. Where Quinn Ewers doesn't do that. Like Quinn Ewers is, he's yeah. But when he committed, Quinn hadn't played, and there. I mean, right. Quinn was coming in as a as yeah. a high, highly regarded know. dude. Would you want your kid to go to UT with their 
instability. Yeah, I'd have questions, and I know that people talk about Texas like their players being, you know, you they are the professional team of Austin. You know that yeah. is so like there's there's some of that situation that people talk talk about, which is maybe like the ego or like the privilege yeah. of being the UT football player, and maybe they don't want it or whatever. But yeah, I I would I would consider it, but ultimately it's it's still a high level program, and if you can go and get a good education, well, I mean, let's face it, they 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 not playing school as uh, Cardell Jones said, but um, yeah, I, I look, I'd be open to it, but I I understand what you're saying. I think that you'd have to consider some other situations that maybe yeah, are I would just think there's played. a good five to ten situations that are better than going to UT. But shout out to uh shout out to our Twitch chat, and I believe it was Dogberry uh. 99 who said i mean multiple mannings went to ole miss so it's not like they're always making the best choices and with that okay uh let's turn our attention to okay, monday night football bills Bengals. mike how excited are you very i will say this i will probably be more on monday night football than the dallas mavericks now i know sure. most people would say yeah no dumb always on professional football or NFL football over the Dallas Mavericks regular season game. I'm not like that. It it has to be something super special. It has to be either a Dallas Cowboys game or it has to be this matchup. Cincinnati versus Buffalo to me is a very AFC championship preview game. In fact, I will say this. If Cincinnati wins this game, I think Cincinnati's going to the Super Bowl. As long as there's not a major injury, I think – if Joe Burrow wins this game and then they put themselves in a situation where they don't have to go to Buffalo, if they play Buffalo again, it will be at Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati, for some reason, they're the kryptonite to to Kansas City. Yeah, they seemed – look, I, I typically would try and, and stay in places that are more analytical, but yeah. the idea – it just feels let, like they got their number. And let's look at Cincinnati here, who I, I know the Cowboys beat, but they lost the first game of the year because they didn't have a long snapper. They couldn't snap the ball to kick an extra point or a field goal. That's how they lost to Pittsburgh the first game of the year. The second game of the year, I don't know. The Cowboys made them look bad. And I thought, wow, the team that loses the Super Bowl is just like ends up being a team that really struggles the next year. And from that point, they've lost two games. They lost their first two, and they've only like to me, power ranking wise, before this game right now, power rank wise, Cincinnati's number one for me. Oof. Now, it can change tonight. Everything can change tonight because if Buffalo goes out and they win this game, then I look at Buffalo and go, man, Buffalo's going to get that home field advantage. Uh, they're in great position. So to me, because I love Kansas City and I'd love to see Kansas City win it all, that, that I would root for them over Jacksonville. If anybody was wondering, I like Patrick Mahomes more than I like Trevor Lawrence, is I root for Kansas City the most. But I think whoever wins this game has a has the best chance to go to the Super Bowl because I just don't like the way Kansas City's playing. Going in, the, it goes back to one of our earlier segments where we didn't talk about Kansas City. I don't like the way Kansas City's playing this Head last month the of the, football. So I think that this game determines who wins. I'm going to say this: who wins the Super Bowl? Wow! I think the AFC so much better than the NFC. It can it can still happen. The NFC can still win it, but I think the AFC. I would pick four teams better than any team in the NFC right now. Ooh, okay, um, with the Bengals. One thing I can point to is that they have a lot of games where they they kind of slide by these teams. I hear you. Um, and look, I'm not here to tell you that every team has to win demonstrably in order to be a good football team, but it does feel like we have a weird season in which you don't have a ton of teams that you point to and you go, really, really good football team. Yeah. Which 
I think is the NFL league offices. Uh, that that's their that's their goal, right? That's the whole way that they've built this league is to have parity. But you end up with games like this where you have a 12 win team and an 11 win team matching up. The the Bengals, I feel like they're just in that same way that they just slide by. Like it's fairly narrow the margin that they have here because. The defense. I mean, obviously, Joe Burrow is good. Like, let's start yeah. there. We all understand that Joe Burrow is very good at what he does, and they have I have him ranked as the second rankings. best quarterback in the NFL now. I think Patrick Mahomes is like the only on a power ranking type situation, yeah. or just like all the way around full all the full way around right now. If I was doing wow. a, if I was drafting quarterbacks for the 2023 season, I would draft Patrick Mahomes number one, and I would draft Joe Burrow number two. I look. I think it, there's a there's a defense for it, and that's all I can ask in that instance. But like when you get past the fact that they have incredible. Incredible pass catching talent, and I guess mm-hmm. Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan, right. Joe Mixon more so. But the defense, they're playing as well as the defense can play. I don't think the defense is all that scary in any way. And I, I'm, I and so like, I think there's some fallibility there. And I don't know if they want to get into like just a a shootout necessarily with some of these teams that we're talking about. But I think this will go a long way in proving it. So I think you're right. When you see this game, it'll give us a great idea of. Who really has a leg up in the AFC championship race between the three teams that I think we all believe should be there with the Bills, the Bengals, and, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs? Now, uh, before we end this segment, I said whoever wins this game wins the Super Bowl. I really believe that. Mm -hmm. That's my belief. It doesn't mean it's going to be right. If you were to rank the top before we see any power rankings and before tonight's game, if you were to say... This team, I think, is going to win the Super Bowl. Then this team, then this team. Who would be your three teams right now you say win the Super Bowl in order? Because mine will be right now, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Kansas City. I really want to pick Buffalo. I just know that Josh Allen, while being really good, has a propensity to end up in end up in like uh panic mode at times where just like the decision making isn't great and that gets tough when you end up in situations where um it's it's a one game sample and you know one mistake can put you in a bad place especially when you consider the ways that the AFC teams are built where you got the Bengals and the Chiefs I can't I, look maybe I'm just in the cult of Patrick Mahomes and I'm placing too much yeah. I think Kansas City's up there I like the Niners up there as well yeah um I'm so let me go Chiefs, Bills, Niners, and then I would put Bengals for. Okay. And obviously things can change after tonight. If Buffalo wins, let's just say thirty to twenty. And yes, I've been scared by the Then Eagles I'll put Buffalo at number one. Yeah. And then I'd put probably Kansas City at two and Cincinnati at three. So this is just to me. You can't Monday night football kind of stinks now, to be honest. I'm I'm not Monday night football is just like an okay game. This yeah. this one is I this is unbelievable that we get this game uh, you know, at the end of the season. It's weird. Where do you think the better games have been stashed in like the slate when you could Sunday night Thursday football night football, to me, Sunday night is Thursday night's usually crappy. Yeah. The, I, Thursday night's usually the worst. And I do agree with Brad Sham. I was listening to the end of the game uh on here one oh five three the fan and Brad Sham was talking about the Cowboys and, and Titans game and it's like this is just a it Look, it doesn't. It helps because of all the money it generates, but it's a bad idea. You want to watch bad football? Put teams on three days rest, and and have them play Thursday night football. Yeah, but we said that from the start, and yet they continue to make money. We to all the point watch where it. It's all, but it's Amazon it's, put a ton of money into yeah. getting it's just to get that that sloth. I mean, the so. Cowboys look like crap on Thursday night football, but it doesn't matter. They still won by two touchdowns, but it was some ugly 
crap football. Yeah, but if there's one thing that America has proven time and time again, they are willing to watch any old football as long as it's football when you put them on. I mean, people are watching USFL, dude. dude. I'm going to tell you something. This is my new guy, Caleb Williams. That dude just rolled out to the right and was like, let me throw a sidearm 45 mile an hour, 50 mile an hour uh, ball for a touchdown. There we go. You've been listening to the Kansas City Masterpiece where Mike Bassick. Yep, I you, just you, fell in love again. You you heard it happen live on air. Uh, coming up next, let's get you ready for uh, the G-Bag Nation and Crosstalk with them uh, on 105 through the fan. I want to get ready for 2023. And you know how I've done it now for over a decade with Men's Tea Clinic. I want you guys to check out Men's Tea Clinic. Guys, if you need to elevate your drive, your energy, your muscle mass, your mental clarity, there are just a few of the ways Men's Tea Clinic will get you back to being you. Head over to mensteaclinic.com for a comprehensive look at their total wellness optimization lineup. And look, you can look at PRP therapy there. That's right. They have PRP therapy at Men's Tea Clinic. So if you had a sports injury, if you've just had an injury recently uh, in your life and you want it to get better, man, PRP could be the way to go. Now, another way to go is to mention my name when you get your appointment at Men's Tea Clinic because you get the in-body composition analysis for free. It's an $80 value. You can learn specific targets for weight loss, improving muscle mass. It's a great baseline read and value for just mentioning my name. It's time to edge up. It's time to get into Men's Tea Clinic today for 2023. Five DFW locations, five locations in the Houston area. If you're listening in Houston, mensteaclinic.com or give them a call at 972-GO-MENS-TEA. Guys, let's get back to being you through Men's Tea Clinic. It's KNC Masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan for one more time right here on January 2nd, 2023. Reginald Datatula, Mike Bassett have been rolling with you since 10 a.m. And picking up the slack, yeah. taking on from 2 to 6. Not to seven, but two to six to, to today, tonight. I don't know. I'm tired at this point. Well, just, it's the G-Bag Nation, whatever, Gavin Dawson and Brian Broaddus. Whatever you guys do, just make sure tomorrow you say, Kevin, we haven't seen you since last year. Yeah, yeah, he yes. hates he that. He hates that yeah. so much, and but, it's just and great to I, see. I've that. been waiting a couple hours as well, Mike, to wish you a Merry Christmas. Yes. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. Happy <laughs> Hanukkah, happy yeah. holidays. That's right. Happy New it. Year. Happy Kwanzaa. Fourth of July. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah I was like, hey, we can go as far yeah. back or forward as we want. So this is uh, Crosstalks brought to you by DNM Leasing. Uh, fellas, how you doing today? Terrific, buddy. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I was trying to remember what the thing is that I'm supposed to do, but you know what? I'm just going to give up on I, trying to do the Kevin crosstalk. We haven't seen Gavin Dawson since the Philadelphia game. Yeah, it's been three games. Oh, that's true. Yeah, dude, I d- he's I, got a bet payoff this week, by I the do. way. Yeah. Oh, what is it? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I haven't selected. I think we'll okay. select tomorrow when uh, yeah. we get the nosebleed guys he took back the, in He here. took the Eagles this weekend. I did. That's, look, so that's tough. I actually came on. I'm so fired up right now. <laughs> 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 I know. The man has gone like 10 weeks without losing something. Oh, Seriously, more, like, than so. more than that. Was it yeah. like 12 weeks? I, I, I lost we, in week three. Okay, but and, we yeah. didn't. Was we that didn't the do, eggs? Uh, yeah, that was the egg. Yeah, that, yeah, those folks at the spa place don't want us back. Sure. I get it. Because we had a guy Eric was throwing up in the parking lot. Gavin was slamming oh, eggs goodness. off his head. Yeah, y'all. What it sounds like y'all were y'all were doing a remote, but it sounds like y'all were like uh, tailgating out there. We were wrecking we, their we place. Yeah, yeah we, we were. Wrecked. Wrecked. Luckily, yeah. we sold them some hot tubs that day. There you yeah, go. Yeah, right away. Yeah. yeah. So I took a little bit of a heat after the Philadelphia game. I came on for crosstalk. I was already off for vacation, but I was frustrated with this one thing. And I said, "Look, Dak had a very good game, close to a great game." But the reason I wouldn't put it in great is, I was like, "If you're going to win playoff games and win the Super Bowl." With two minutes and a few seconds left, 
you can't run out of bounds at 201. And then after you accidentally make that mistake, you can't take a sack when the clock's going to stop at the end of the play. You know the two-minute warning is coming up after the play. That's the only reason you're passing the ball in this situation is because you know that there's a dead ball timeout at the end of this play because of the two-minute warning. And you take an eight-yard sack when you had time to throw it 30 yards out of the end zone down the middle of the field. Like, Dak, I love you, dude. But when you do those things, you give the other team a chance to come back. And if the refs would have called it correctly, just remember this, Cowboy fans. Yeah. When the when you say the refs screw us over, Philadelphia should have won that game because Nishan Wright interfered in the back of the end zone and he pushed the guy before the ball got there and they didn't call it. So if you lose that game, all of a sudden the Dak great game becomes, Dak, you gave Philadelphia a chance to come back and win that game. Yeah, I, I thought that he, that the Eagles game could have gone the other way. I, you know, At times during the Titans game, I just had this feeling of there's nothing to be disappointed with that the coaching staff is doing. I like the game plan. I like the play calling. They're just not executing well enough. And this is like the worst time in the season to not be feeling great about the way they're executing their game plan. Um, so that was kind of my big picture takeaway. Like, dang, they pretty much drew it up like I want them to, but it didn't flow the way that I thought that it it would have or, or should have if those things aligned against that quality of competition. Like, the Eagles beat themselves. You know, that's what happened there. Oh, okay. I thought we were going to continue that conversation. No, I saw Brian shaking his head like, I think a yes. Did you kind no, of feel that way too? No, I just, yeah. The thing about with, you know, the the whole thing with the, and the big thing is the turnovers right now with Dak and all that. And I just don't think that's going to change. I just don't think I just don't think it's in his DNA not to try and not to try and make a big play. And not, I mean, there's, but he was so good for like five years at not turning. Yeah, the ball I over. think. Well, yeah. what, I think what's what happened there is I think five years ago this guy didn't know what it took to play quarterback in the NFL. I think he was to the point where you know his first year it's like I'm so turnover averse. It's grain. It's like beating to his head. Don't turn it over. Don't turn it over. Don't turn it over. And then all of a sudden, you know, he came out of Mississippi State, didn't throw the ball very well, didn't really know how to read defenses very well, you know, didn't didn't practice particularly well. All things that are documented. His college coaches will tell you that. But the thing about it is, as he's grown as a quarterback, there has been more confidence, more of a willingness. Yeah, I can make that throw. I am stronger. I'm bigger. I, 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 I can read defenses. I could see this. I can make that throw. So that to me, he, he is his growth as a quarterback has grown in a way of more confidence that he can make all the throws. Where early in his career, I don't think he was really sure he can make all the throws. Who help me out here, Brian, because you've been in the NFL for a long time, is who helps guys get great at clock management at the end of the game? Because I think some of the greatest mm, quarterbacks yeah. of all time, whether it's Manning yeah. or Brady of recent history, they knew how the last three minutes of a game, they knew yeah. how to manipulate the clock that you're not getting the ball back or yeah. or I'm going to score here and I'm not going to give you enough time to put your team in field goal range. Yeah, we've seen guys that, that you know, one of the best coaches in the, in the league is a guy like Andy Reid. Andy botches the clock all the time. Mm. He's got the players that pull him out of the ditch when he mm. does it, you know. So to me, quarterback clock management, you know, I mean, I you can more on the coach. Yeah, I, I think that really, to me, Bill, one of the greatest coaches ever, Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells hired a guy or had a guy on his staff named Ray Hanley that was the running back coach, and he completely asked Ray to do everything clock management wise. He wanted nearly nothing to do with it. Ray's responsibility was. 
Bill, you need one more first down. You need to use your timeout here. You need to think, you know, there, there are people that could sit there and manage games. But for a lot of these coaches, whether it's pro, college, it, it's very, very difficult for them to get through a game. You know, because, I mean, I, I, me personally, I think you have to go back and study these things. Okay, what happened in this situation? What if, if we're ever in this where we have one timeout, we don't have the ball, how do we, how do we manipulate? You know, we've seen guys manipulate the clock. We've seen Bill Belichick manipulate the clock with formation, taking penalties and stuff. Yeah. You know, we saw Mike Vrabel do it back to Bill Belichick yeah, one time. I remember that. You know, there's, there's certain coaches that have a real feel for how to manage these clock situations and a lot of really good ones that don't. Yeah. And, and like, I think we were having the conversation, Mike, about the, I, I, and at least I posited, I wonder if it's just, you know, there's not a full across the board accounting of this is what needs to happen in this situation. I likened it to like in baseball, you get an out and you go, boom, two outs. We got to out it or at, at this bag or whatever. Right. Everybody knowing what needs to happen right. in this situation. Do you un, do you know what happens like on a football field in there? Who who is kind of tasked with well, making sure that everybody's on yeah, the same page? That's the thing about the communication from upstairs to downstairs mm-hmm. is like, listen, a, a lot of times these these coaches they lose track of the condition of their team as the game goes along. Mm. You know, nowadays everybody goes for it on fourth down. You know, it's right. like, you know, you get in these games, it's fourth and two, you know, immediately what happens? These guys, you know, in situations where they should probably take points, they just go ahead and go for it. You know, they, they don't. So I, I think with analytics and stuff like that, it's made people call games differently. Just that kind of that attitude about it. But yeah, there's constant communication like, hey, think about this. Yeah. You know, you always have to remind, that's the head coach's job on the sideline to tell Kellen Moore, listen, you got two plays to get this first down, you know? I mean, be ready. Don't be surprised when I'm telling you we're going here because I'm telling you right now we're going. And the clock management stuff is – it eludes a lot of these a lot of these guys. It's, it's crazy how some of these teams lose games that way. Always front talking Cowboys with you fellas. Uh, what do you guys got coming up on the program? Pure gold as always. Thanks mm. for asking, Reg. Uh, we do have a shorter show, two to six. We're going to pack five hours of mailing it in oh. into four hours. Oh. That sounds and really has his TCU gear on today. You look like – yeah, very proud. I, no, it's, no I tell you what, I told you, we were, we were at Rally House, and they uh-huh. were they had the championship shirts. They were saying, come back the next day. I already bought a championship shirt before okay. the game. I just said, you know what, buy the shirts now. TCU's going to win this thing. No, I didn't know that. But TCU's going to win this thing, and, you know. You had a were, hunch. Had a hunch. Had a no, I've actually got this LSU's, LSU's up 35 yeah, nothing. Do you feel connected because you were director of football operations? Do I have your title right? Oh, or? No, I was assistant director of football okay. operations. Yeah, That's a guy you. named Mike Singfield, who's now the associate athletic director, is now the uh, – he's – he got they they've changed the position like How long were you at TCU? 1 season. That's one. all I needed. <laughs> and look, he's helped establish them to a place where now they're in the national championship game for the first time I since I think Dave that's nice of you there. to say, uh, Reg, You should have coach it, Patterson on. Uh you know what? That would not be good. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be good. Not at all. That would be good for us. Yeah, I think it would. Uh, I think yeah. it'd be great entertainment uh for for all to be had and that's what you can expect anytime you listen to the G-Bag Nation. These fellows are coming up um, here in just a moment. We appreciate you, fellas. Uh, have a great show. Uh, for my for my partner for the day, Mike Basick, I appreciate we you. We did sir. it. It's been great. We made it. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to everybody listening. Larry, I appreciate you on the ones and twos. And uh, we're going to go ahead and sign out. Coming up next is the G-Bag Nation right here on 105.3 The Fan. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.